Welcome everyone to Orenthal, our live play that we've decided to jump into based off of the world of Ostia that I've created. I am Tony, I'll be the DM for this campaign, and with me today is Nick. Nick, why don't you introduce them to your character? Hi, so Tor is a level 5 dwarven inquisitive rogue. This is a newer rogue archetype from the Unearthed Arcana, and to me, an inquisitive means full-on detective aesthetic. I even decided to forego the security of standard starting equipment in order to roll wealth, and this let me spend a hundred of my 190 starting gold on a magnifying glass, just to complete the look. So you wound up making a dwarven detective. Very cool. I'm really excited to help solve some mysteries with this guy during the campaign. Well, you're in luck considering the plot that I have for you guys. Why don't you delve into Tor's backstory a little bit? He was born in the Thessan Kingdom with the name Rurik Meldwal. His clan was the Meldwal clan. He was a disaffected youth, committed some petty crimes here and there, vandalism, thievery. So that's where his rogue past kind of comes in. And one day he stole some books, then only to find out that he couldn't sell them back off. It was a shipment going out from the Thessan kingdom, and the reason is because nobody in the kingdom wanted these books. They ended up being about animal and monster behaviors, and he really started to just take an interest in them, since why not read the things you can't sell? And it really sparked a passion, especially the behaviors of ghouls. Makes sense considering the times. But I believe you mentioned he had some issues later on with his clan, particularly clan elders. He may always have had a problem with clan elders, the feeling was mutual, but he learned through his devotion to this new trade that perhaps the best way to subvert them is through legal channels, but being really good at something that they had distaste for. Yeah, since basically at the time, dwarves were much more focused on simply killing ghouls rather than studying them. And so, in his own weird way, he slowly started to actually cherish law and order in a way that he did not as a younger person. He became an expert in the field of monster studies, and although most Thessan dwarves still disliked him and his field, he earned their begrudging respect. For the most part, he showed that he had value, even if it wasn't the kind of value that most people in his clan and his kingdom were used to. But then one day, as he was going to present some really groundbreaking findings, someone sabotaged him. They switched out his data right before that important presentation, and the data that replaced it made him look... Well, basically, his new data wound up creating cause for concern among his clan of Rurik's potential mental state. I remember you mentioning Rurik, of course, wouldn't stand for this, so in response, he went back to try and find his original data, but... It was gone. Still is to this day. And mainly because of Rurik's insistence on the data he presented being inaccurate and not what he originally wrote, the elders of his clan eventually banished him. And because of this banishment... Rurik wound up having to choose a different name. That's where Tor comes in. From there, you mentioned that he traveled to Orenthal, where he wound up doing lots of odd jobs here and there, just none of the ones that he used to get excited about. 
he doesn't get to solve a lot of mysteries in Orenthal, but when he does, he jumps at the chance. Well, what is Tor like in terms of personality? He's always been a little bit grumpy. His personality traits are, there's nothing I like more than a good mystery, and I'm convinced that people are always stealing my secrets. His ideal is the path to power and self-improvement is through knowledge. His bond, my life's work, is a series of tomes related to a specific field of lore. We're going to call that monster studies here. His flaw, I am easily distracted by the promise of information. A quick rundown of his appearance, by the way. He's age 287, which for a dwarf is getting up there, but not ancient. Height-wise, he's 4 feet, 3 inches tall, dwarf, fairly short. His hair, it's gray, and it's in a style that I am told is called the undercut top knot, which is basically shaved at the back and the sides, and then pulled into a bun. Interesting look. What about equipment? He does have studded leather armor, and also he wields a light crossbow as his main weapon. He has a sidearm of a dagger. And of course, I've provided all of the players with a magical item of my choosing, but we will see if that comes up at any point during this recording. So yeah, that's Tor. Excellent. So, to all our lovely listeners, this is the introduction of Tor. You find yourself up in the northern district of Orenthal, an area known as the Iron Fist District. This is a primarily dwarven area. You've recently been staying at the Running Pickaxe Inn and Tavern. It seems to be a place where you can get a lot of decent business. Not a lot of investigation you've had to do, but a decent amount of killing of some animals here and there, creatures that people worried were ghouls considering the recent events. But for the most part, this district is actually fairly well-maintained. It's not one of the ones that was hit heavily during the time of the Cataclysm. You recently finished a small job dealing with what you thought was going to be a small infestation of ghouls, and that's what the guards were worried about, but turned out to only be a few very hungry wolves. You've just recently got less than you were hoping for, having admitted that, yeah, it was just wolves you dealt with, and find yourself a little strapped for cash. I believe you only have one silver right now? Yeah, but I've got a magnifying glass, so it's fine. Yeah, it all works out for the better. So at this point, it's rather late in the evening. You would probably be returning to to the inn where the proprietor, Mardra Dankel, a female dwarf, big rounded cheeks, her auburn hair pulled back tight into a braid. She seems to be moving about the, the tavern rather busily. Right now, it's it's this is a dwarven-owned place, so most of the people here are, are fairly rowdy, something you're used to based off of your heritage. You enter, you just see her moving about, and it's like, all right, all right, I'll get to you in a minute. One moment, one moment. And she sees you over in the doorway. Tor, Tor, good to see you. Can I get you anything? I'll take an ale. All right, come on, come on. There's a seat by the bar. Come on. She quickly moves from table to table. Uh, candles have all been lit at this point as you know, uh, sun is setting. Lots of noise, lots of clinking of glasses, and, and you hear uh, in Dwarvish and in Common just people kind of grumbling about a, a, a tough and busy day. 
you eventually find your place up by the by the bar. There's a few empty seats, able to easily get up, sit one. She takes a moment, pours you a big mug of ale, and says, I here you go. Sorry, I'm a little busy right now. One of my, my servers isn't here tonight and actually hasn't been here for a few nights. Uh, oh, hold on, excuse me. And she brushes off to another table before coming back. It's like, I, so, how was, uh, how was your most recent adventure? He takes a big swig of the ale. It's about half gone now. Unfulfilling. Uh, not what you were hoping for. The mission was to fight monsters, but when I got there, all I found were wolves. Wolves. Eh, getting rid of a few wolves means there's more food for the rest of us, at least. You, you need a refill on that. I'll take two. Aye. She takes the mug from your hand, tops it off, waits a few moments for you to essentially chug it again, and brings you a second glass. Does my silver cover this? I didn't consider this. You paid for room and board for the night. Right now, you would be all paid up. By tomorrow, you would need to essentially pay again, but you are set for tonight. Okay. I, um... Actually, you said you were the inquisitive type, correct? So I've been told. Well, maybe you can help me out with something. Like I told you before, my server's been missing for a couple of days now, and it's unlike her. Maybe you could look around her place and see what's going on, and if she hasn't, if she's just hanging around with some lowlife, mind you giving her a good smacking before you send her back to me. His eyes light up at the mention of a possible mystery, and he's like, Finally, something intriguing if you give me the directions i can go right now as far as i'm aware she's from the the uncle of heights district it's one of the the ones that suffered bad during the cataclysm okay he stands up finishes his drink and he just kind of goes out the door without another word say wait don't you want to know her name he looks over his shoulder (laughs) you're looking for olma olma stayanoga anything else i should know uh, she's a mousy little human. Blonde hair, tiny eyes. Usually a good worker, which is why it's so odd she's just been gone the past few days. I haven't heard anything from her, but I've been too busy here to deal with things, you know, with the big celebration coming and everything. Has she done anything out of the ordinary recently? She thinks about it for a moment. I, you know, now that you mention it, she's was quieter the last couple of days before, before she disappeared. Usually she's very lively, but other than that, nothing odd about her. Just quiet. Does she have any family or friends who I could interview, maybe get some clues from? Not particularly. No family, that one. Yes, all I know is that she lives over in the Ankalab Heights district, probably with a bunch of others who have work around the city. How has her job performance been, overall? Aye, she's been good. That's why I'd like to have her back, especially with this packed crowd here. I know, I know, I'll come get to you in a moment. And she yells at someone behind you who seems to be waving a, a mug in the air. She's a strong worker and a good lass, but I don't know what's come of her. So will you find out for me? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make it worth your while. I'll, uh, I'll give you a 10-day worth of room and board and if you do this for me, because I really need the help with everyone coming in for this thing. He nods. You have yourself a deal. I greatly appreciated. If uh, if anything's happened to her, make sure you let me know as well. At least then I'll start looking for someone else. If not, 
make sure she's alright, and if she is alright, make sure she gets to me so I can give her a good talking to. He smirks a bit at that. You can count on it. Aye. On you go. And she kind of bustles off and goes from table to table filling in orders and everything. I take it from here you leave? Yes. I was halfway out the door anyway. So I, I leave and I start heading in the direction of that district. Basically, this is one of the larger districts that you're currently in, the Iron Fist District. You see all around you large stone buildings, tall chimneys. During the day, smoke seems to just kind of fill this area of the city as many blacksmiths are hard at work uh, assisting in the rebuilding of everything. What would usually be the sound of hammering around you as kind of quieted to the sound of merriment, people clinking glasses in nearby taverns and in homes. You can see lights from the window as the sun has now gone below the horizon. Traveling through, you know you'll be passing by the Helder Market District, the northeast, as it's the quickest way to get to where you're going. Orenthal itself has the districts that surround the central palace, the Adamantine Palace which is seated within the the wealthiest district of the area, the Regent's Seat District, which is where all the nobles, all the governors for each of the individual districts reside. Surrounding this area is basically a wide open road. That way any armies that are attempting to invade would be seen clearly and not be able to hide amongst the different buildings of the districts. As it is right now, you still are passing by a lot of people seem to be going home for the evening or going to taverns for a drink. You've slowly circle the wide roads, passing by the Helder Market District, which is where most people go to get their wares. And it's it's a relatively undamaged area compared to the rest of the city. Most of the taverns, inns are able to cater to the common individual. It takes you a couple hours to get through the throng of people. By this point, it's getting later into the evening before you arrive at the Ankalab Heights District, in which it really shows the destruction that Orenthal has actually gone through. You go from the warmth sensation of people happily ending the day, enjoying the evening, to a much colder section of the city. The area is filled with ruined homes. Many of these homes were once more wood than stone and were caught in the midst of the combat of draconic and ghoulish forces. You do see kind of in the midst of all this several taverns and inns their light candlelight flickering in the windows a few people kind of stumble through but this is a place where people are are scraping to get by this is place with flop houses and common rooms where people just find whatever space they can they go to whatever jobs that are taking at the moment and make out whatever living they can to survive you walk past crumbling wood and stone structures that give you the hint of what was their former beauty. What would once be a tall, well-kept home is now crushed. Half of it crumbled into debris, the other half barely standing. You do see a few people kind of patching together a couple of spots here and there, repairing what you can only assume to be their homes or even their places of businesses. But this is a much colder place than the one you've been staying at. So you enter into the Ankaleb Heights. What would you like to do? Let's see. As he exits the more 
busy, lively districts. He begins to relax. His arms come uncrossed for the first time since he left the inn. He's more comfortable here in the quiet. He kind of looks more for an area where most of the actual homes would be rather than, say, businesses, taverns, to kind of find someone to ask if if they've seen this person. Okay. Then for this, I would like you to make me an investigation check. All right. 19. 19. It actually doesn't take you very long as you're traveling through. You you avoid the the rowdier taverns that you see and come across a few smaller buildings in a little bit better shape and a little bit better repair. And you see uh, what seems to be a couple of human families. The door frame and the doorway it is completely gone, but they seem to be sitting quietly in in their homes enjoying a very simple meal, some sort of soup or stew. They look up and they notice you. One of the fathers kind of gets, Hello? Can I help you? Gruffly, uh, he says, Good evening. I'm searching for someone who's gone missing. Her name is Alma Stianoga, and she's from this district. She went missing a few days ago. Do you know of her? Alma. Um, I, I, I think she's one of the one of a I'm trying to quite remember I I worry she's running with a bad crowd and how long has this been going on well he kind of looks around a little bit peeks out of the doorway seeing making sure you're alone well there's a group that's been going around um not too bad but they tend to be gathering supporters since well We're kind of ignored here. Uh, He stares around again. Does this group have a name? I've I've honestly only heard rumors about this. I'm 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 not quite sure of anything. Make a persuasion check for me. Okay. Four. I just I don't I don't know. Um, we don't like to talk about them much because we don't want. People have disappeared, and a few people have just been acting really weird lately. Very different. One minute, you know, your best friend with your neighbor, and then the next day he's just distant. I, we we don't like to get involved in, in political things. I'm going to kind of insight to see if there's anything else I can pick up. Yeah, go for it. 19. You can tell he's, he's a little scared scared of you you look like you've seen some battle potentially he on the other hand he kind of glances back at a few of the kids that are in the room the mother seems to be kind of not guarding them necessarily but kind of shifted and put herself a little bit between you and them you get the impression that they don't know you so they don't trust you right now (sighs) is there someone else who can help I, I mean, you know, we're just, we're doing what we can to get by, you know? We, we barely scrape by as it is, and, and having a group like this point someone who might not wish them well in their direction could be problematic. I'm not asking you to take personal risks. I just need the name of a community leader or someone else who might have further advice or information. Uh, I'd like you to make another persuasion check for me. Fifteen. Okay. With this, he kind of 
he glances outside again and he says, two buildings all over. It's one of the women who who's lived here the longest. She'd probably know more. Um, Bye. Her name is Bye Agosto. He nods very well. Stay safe. And he just kind of turns away, starts heading in that direction. Okay. You walk a little ways down and you see the building quickly that he kind of pointed out to you. You could clearly see through the window what appears to be an older woman. Just kind of seems to be tidying up her place. Excuse me. You must be by a ghost though. I was wondering, have you heard of any trouble in this area recently? She turns around and you actually just see milky white eyes is the first thing that catches your attention. It's an older woman dressed very simple clothes, scar across her cheek. Uh, she comes up to you and her home is a little nicer looking actually than uh, than the ones you've passed by. It seems like she's spent a lot of time trying to maintain it, even with a wall crumbling down on one side. She comes up to the window. Yes, um, what trouble do you mean? Anyone acting strangely or, or even disappearing? He steps back, just a half step, barely noticeable. <laughs> I apologize. Most people are unnerved by my eyes. There are wolves in the streets. At least that's what they go by. Wolves? And the streets? They call themselves the Shadow Wolves, dear. He face palms at this. Tell me more about these so-called shadow wolves. Uh, mostly thieves, dear. But there's the occasional individual that goes missing. Such as almost Dianoga, the waitress at the Running Pickaxe Inn. Ah, Olma. I believe she lived nearby. At this, she kind of just has a hand towards you, palm up. Insight? Go ahead. 16. Okay. She seems to be asking for money. He starts to reach into his pocket. And you know exactly where Oma lives. She just wiggles her fingers at you for a moment. (sighs) He drops a silver into her palm. Thank you, dear. She is actually just a few streets down, and she kind of gestures to the road behind you uh, that leads away. Three roads down, and then two to the right. She lives in an old flop house there with a few other orphan children. You've been very helpful. Of course, dear. Watch your back. The shadow wolves tend to not trust visitors in the night. And he leaves. <laughs> All right. After that creepy exchange, you continue down the path that she directed you towards. And you come across a larger structure that might have once been an inn of some sort. Now the roof being gone, uh, an entire corner is crumpled open into the street. Uh, you can clearly s- see inside and there's no one there right now. I'm going to have perception for anyone around, particularly any hostile-looking presence. Go for it. 16. Scanning around, you do see a few people wandering by. They give you a 
an odd look as it is very late at night. And they also tend to give you a wide berth, but they otherwise don't seem to be interested in you. All right. So I, I go up to this building that is supposedly Olma's. So I don't see anyone, you're saying. So you walk in? Yeah. Okay. So you walk over the structure. You can hear the creaking of wood as you walk in. You see broken tables, and you do see bedrolls, but they look like they haven't been slept in in quite some time. There is a few sconces for torches, it seems. What was once a bar that's cracked in the middle, uh, and you do see a door to the room uh, behind the bar. I'll kind of put my ear up to the door just in case I hear anything. Okay, make a perception check for me. Sure. One on the die. Oh. So, 11. As you move forward, you listen in, and there's a sudden crack as your foot splinters through some wood. It startles you for a moment. You kind of look around quickly. No one else is around you, but you try and listen again, and you can't hear anything. You feel a little tentative about stepping so close to the door right now. Can I reach over kind of the threshold of the door and safely try to turn the knob? Yeah, you you reach over. And I'll, I'll do it with stealth, I guess. Okay, make a stealth check. One on the die, seven. This is not the roll for you. <laughs> yeah, thinking maybe I'll get another d20 in a moment. All right. So as you reach forward, your hand grasps the handle, and you start to turn when another crack from the wood beneath you, and you actually your hand slips right off, and you fall flat on your face. The crack of the wood can be heard very clearly for a little ways around. He starts kind of cursing under his breath in, in the dwarvish. And foregoing stealth, he's just going to try and slam the door open. Okay, make a strength check for me. Oh, oh that'll go well. I mean, he's still trying the knob. Another crack in the wood, I see. Did you roll another one? No, no. My total's a five, though. Okay. He grabs the handle and slams his shoulder against it for a moment trying to force it open there is a, a creak and you do hear some cracking but the door is currently still there uh you do think you weakened it though uh, okay this would be a good aside to mention that he does not own thieves tools i will mention you can try and use something as a makeshift thieves tool like a dagger yeah a dagger could work i have one of those okay so you're gonna attempt that yeah, so proficiency, so I add my proficiency bonus to the roll. But you do do it at disadvantage, as these are not proper thieves tools. Okay. This will go great, really. All right, my first roll is a 16. Okay. Same. 16 total with your dex and proficiency? Oh, dex, right. So actually that's 19 total. Okay. So with that, you kind of have the dagger in start to move it around and while you haven't been using your thieves tools lately and haven't picked locks as much you remember the old skill you had at it and with a quick the door kind of inches open all right so at this point i'm going to with my short dwarven legs kind of step as far over the threshold as i can to hopefully not fall in so you push the door open a little more stretch your dwarven legs as far as they can go over the the cracked wood 
and you hear the creak and groan of the wood beneath your feet, but it doesn't give way, and you're able to step into a small room, completely unlit. But thanks to your dark vision, you see it looks like this room was ransacked. Stuff is thrown about, and you do know the door was locked. You see a couple of broken jars and, and vases and a cabinet that seems to have been pulled apart. Does this look recent, or is it not possible to tell? Uh, make an investigation check. I'm going to get another die. 12, be right back. <laughs> I will say, though, with a 12 investigation, it seems that this has happened within the last few days. Okay. Are there any other exits to the room besides the death trap I came through? You can make another investigation check. Sure. One on the die, 11. This right, is a different die. Let's hope... Actually, you know what? Hold on. Here's my die. Roll that. See if it's better. Okay. 25. <laughs> All right. With that, as as I imagine Tor at this point is almost punching himself in the head because he can't seem to find anything, takes a few moments and focuses. And as he's looking around, you don't notice any other passage out of the room. But you do see a sliver of paper that has the name Rurik Meldwal on the top that is tucked underneath some broken wood. My name? Uh, You can just see the top of the paper. So he reaches to kind of slide it out from where it's tucked and read it. So you slide out carefully. It seems the paper has been partially damaged. You can't make out all of it. But you do read bits of your research into ghouls and what makes them what they are. Takes a moment to process this as he reads it with his magnifying glass. What was it tucked under again? It seemed like it was partially under the cabinets, like it might have been hidden in one of the drawers when when the drawer was ripped out. Okay, so all the drawers are ripped out of this cabinet. The cabinet is is pretty open. Through your search, you you see what seems to be some spoiled food and a few broken bottles, but otherwise, this was the only thing of interest you found. There must be some check I can make to find maybe where the ransackers went. I guess that would be survival, wouldn't it? That would be survival. Okay, let's try it with your die. Go for it. Ten. Okay. Since this happened a few days ago, so it's hard to pick up a particular trail, but you do notice a single set of prints that did enter the room and then immediately leave. And that seems to be the freshest set of prints that's been here other than yours. How far can I follow those prints? You go and you open the door and you start to exit out, stepping carefully over the threshold. And as you kind of look up from after stepping over, you see... Uh, immediately in front of you, a short figure, only about f- four feet tall, hood pulled low, kind of seeming to walk almost right up to you when he suddenly stops in, in shock and says, oh, um, and he turns and runs. I'm going to try to, a short figure, you said. Yes. I'll give chase. Okay. So... I've never done this before, so it'll be fun. We're going to use some chase mechanics. First thing, I would like you to make a dexterity check. Okay. Plus my dex mod, right? Yes. 22. All right. So though he had a head start on you, you're starting to quickly catch up. 
I would like you to roll a, a just a straight d20. 17. As you guys are rushing through, he starts to round a corner, and you notice in front of you a few people that seem to be kind of shoving each other drunkenly stumbling over themselves he starts to rush through he looks back and doesn't pay attention as one of the men swings and clips him in the shoulder uh he stumbles for a bit and keeps going i need you to make an acrobatics check acrobatics or athletics Hmm, i think i'm better at acrobatics yeah all right 22 nice so you quickly duck around as one of them seems to take a swing at you thinking you're coming after him and start to give chase after the short figure. He rounds another corner, and I need you to make another d20 roll for me. 14. You'd continue to chase him through, dodging and weaving through the few people that still litter the street here. Are you going full sprint? So it's a crowded street, you're saying? There's a few people scattered here and there. You actually just passed one of the more crowded spots that you've seen, considering the time time of night. How hard would it be as I'm running to either fire a crossbow bolt or throw a dagger? It's possible you've actually gained some distance off of him initially as the hit slowed him down and you reacted so quickly to his initial run that you're within about 20 feet of him. Okay. And I believe as a cunning action, you can dash, so. Oh, true. So yeah, a full sprint then. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to attempt to stop him? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dagger or dart? Or I'd rather dagger or bolt, technically. This is supposed to be non-lethal, so a bolt wouldn't make sense. Dagger. Okay. Since you are trying to throw the dagger non-lethally, make an attack roll, but at disadvantage. Okay. My first roll is a 25. My second roll is a 21. Okay. So you throw the dagger. I want you to go ahead and roll damage for me. Okay. Six. You chuck the dagger at him and slice into his leg. You see him kind of start to hobble along. You gain an additional 10 feet on him as as you continue this chase. I need you to make another d20 roll for me. Nine. As you're running up, you see a cart as he turns down a road. He rushes towards it, and you see him like slam into it for a moment, struggle to push himself up. A passing guard actually notices you as well. Hey, what? As you rush by, I need you to make a acrobatics or athletics checks uh, to get past this guard if you want to continue the chase. Acrobatics. Here we go. 20. All right. So you see the guard kind of go to reach for you. And for a moment, his fingers grip your shoulder, but you quickly slip out of his grasp and rush after this guy. He is just getting over the crate as you leap over. You are basically on top of them. I'm assuming you would like to try and tackle him or stop him in some way? Tackle would be strength, wouldn't it? To stop him physically would be strength. Okay, I have this ring of telekinesis, and it's it's basically that I can cast telekinesis at will. Is there anything nearby that maybe I could put in his path and make him run into it? The Crady actually just ran over. You do see what seem to be several other crates in this particular alleyway, uh, some broken, some only slightly damaged. It seemed like this something was unloaded here fairly recently. Let's go for one of the less damaged crates to kind of smash it into his face. Okay. So you reach out with telekinesis and throw it at him, which he's going to try and dodge if he can. And as you throw it, he 
shifts and clips his shoulder as he stumbles against uh, the corner of a building and he turns the corner. You quickly rush around and you just see him panting, hands on knees. At this point, Tor would be panting too. He slowly turns around. Okay, so you're faster than she told me. Not bad for an old dwarf, right? Not bad at all. Huh. Now, if you will, what in the blazes are you doing? Well, trying to find out why a bunch of people are going missing. Well, that makes two of us. Yeah. Tor, right? You have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> Call me Gerbo. Captain Mursk told me about you. Out of character. Captain Marsk, you've had one or two dealings with as she has recruited people, mercenaries, several times to help out with different issues around the city. She is the... Ah, captain of the guard, right? Okay. He nods in recognition at the familiar name, one of the few people he probably trusts halfway. Yeah. So, she said good things about you. Um, Honestly, I've been looking for the inquisitive type. There's been several odd thefts around the city. Nothing big, nothing that would suggest a major threat, but odd. Strange odds and ends here and there have gone missing, and so have people. Yes, right now I'm assisting Marjorie of the Running Pickaxe Inn, looking for Olma Stianoga, a waitress. Yeah, Running Pickaxe. So you're quite capable of finding information you're not the most perceptive dwarf i tailed you from there i was curious what you would be able to find he actually looks very insulted at that hmm. well i found this and you show him the paper yeah hmm. what is that that's me or who i used to be oh rurik meldwall of the meldwall clan it seems someone was collecting my research into monsters, and this may have something to do with my unjust banishment due to sabotage. Well, then maybe we can help each other out. I'm trying to get a group of individuals together. I've been working with some people who prefer to stay in the shadows. Funny thing about shadows, they tend to be the domain of criminals or those committing illegal acts is that the case here lesser of two evils he grunts looks around as he thinks about his options look i'm trying to get some people of different skill sets together and try and look where those in other positions can't i'm limited in what i'm able to do you and this team might not be. Some friends and I are hoping you'll be able to get a job done. Maybe look where we can't. And your sole goal in this venture is to stop the disappearances in this district. I think it's more than just disappearances. Gonna roll insight on that. Go for it. 22. So, looking at him carefully, you do see he is a gnome. He's a little difficult to read. He's he's definitely 
you see that he's well armed for one thing so he had no intention of fighting you or harming you in any way everything that you can tell is he seems to be hoping that you can help him with something that he hasn't been able to get help elsewhere for and his concern for what this is being potentially something worse than just a few missing people seems legitimate after kind of sizing him up he nods i'll consider it um we really need the decision soon because i'm hoping you can all meet tonight that way we can explain everything and where will this meeting take place nearby you can follow me i have no intention of blindfolding you or anything like that how generous well after you very well let's go meet Vral. and he turns and starts to head down the street that's where we're going to be stopping the session for today as we have introduced tor the dwarf inquisitive rogue into the world of orenthal tor now finds himself about to meet with some strange individuals soon we'll be able to introduce the rest of the characters for this particular campaign where they'll all get the chance to meet and find out what's going on with these disappearances and why people may have been acting strangely before they were taken yay until then this was tony the dungeon master of the orenthal campaign and nick playing tor the level five inquisitive rogue and we'll see you next time bye